From Yahoo Finance, this is Electionomics. I'm Rick Newman. And I am Alexis Christophorus. And once again, we are bringing you this Electionomics podcast from our respective homes. Today, we are going to be talking about President Trump's approval rating during this pandemic, which is actually going up right now. And Rick Newman, I'm a little confused. Help us understand this because his approval rating during this pandemic is the highest it's been throughout his presidency. But when you look at general national polls, he's not doing as well as Joe Biden. What gives? Right. Almost as high as uh, it's been in his presidency. I guess it depends what polls you look at. So I'm looking right here at the uh, uh, 538, the composite polls. They uh, take a bunch of different polls and uh, put them together. So they're saying Trump's approval rating is uh, 45.4%. And there has been a bump uh, during the last couple of weeks. So it's up from about 42.3. So uh, let's call that a, let's call it a three point uh, improvement in his approval rating. His disapproval rating has come down, but it's still higher than his approval rating at 49.7. So let's, let's call it 45%, uh, 46% actually for approval, uh, 50% for disapproval. So a net minus four approval rating, but that's a lot better than it's been for him in the past. I mean, he's been as high as minus 15 in this survey. So down to minus four net approval rating. He is getting a bit of a bump from the crisis, but uh, believe it or not, pollsters are still doing um, surveys saying, uh, asking voters, well, if the if the general election is Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, uh, who are you gonna vote for? And in those uh, polls, so I'm looking at a different composite, that's the 538, uh, excuse me, not 538, but Real Clear Politics does a good composite of the national polls. Uh, Joe Biden wins by 6.5 percentage points. Now that's that's a national poll that's not focused on any particular state, state or set of states. But what it kind of shows you is that uh, Americans uh, are a little more favorable favorable toward Trump during the coronavirus crisis where they're seeing him on TV, but they might still be saying, uh, yeah, you're doing a little bit better than you were before, but I don't really think you should have a second term. Now, I think anything could change at this point. Um, Joe Biden has sort of gone into third gear in his campaign. Yeah, he's, he's not really quite sure how to play this, and Trump is getting a lot more uh, publicity right now because he's doing these daily briefings. But uh, this is not helping Trump very much. That's kind of my read of it. Well, do you think, though, Rick, that at the end of the day, this presidential election is shaping up to be a referendum on how Trump handles this pandemic? And there is still time here for him to change people's perceptions because we still have a few months to go. A lot of things are going to happen between now and November. Uh, Of course, we're all hoping we come out the other side of this and the economy starts to rebound in that time? And if it does, is that going to be top of mind for voters as they head to the polls or however it is we're going to be voting this year? And could that actually work in Trump's favor? You know, so Trump has, um, he seems pleased uh, with the approval ratings he's getting and also with the TV ratings, he has gone out of his way to point out that he has strong TV ratings for those briefings, which are uh, now around five o'clock every uh, afternoon. I think it's the opposite. I I think that Trump is getting such a small bump from this crisis uh, that it ought to be actually quite worrisome from him. And here's one way to to think about it. So I'm looking at um, the change in approval ratings for the leaders of other countries. Uh, So this is morning consult. Uh, So Trump is up 
you know, two to three percentage points since the middle of March. Uh, let's see, Angela Merkel in Germany, she's up nine percentage points. Boris Johnson in the UK, uh, he's up 15 percentage points. And Emmanuel Macron in France, he started out very unpopular, but his, uh, his, his, uh, his reputation is improving in France. He's gone from 28 to 35 percent approval, so that's seven points. Uh, all of those leaders are getting a much bigger bump than Trump is. And um, I think it's probably natural for a leader to get a bump in approval in the early days of a crisis. Uh, people haven't re really sorted out uh, whether they think the leader, the president, or whatever, your prime minister, or whoever it is, your chancellor, haven't really sorted out uh, does that, who deserves the blame for this? And could anybody have made this better? They just want to see the country come together and um, you know, kind of rally to defeat the problem. So I think it's normal, and we know that from uh, you know past incidents, you know 9/11, for example, George W. Bush's uh, approval rating went up. Certainly, World War II, uh, things like this, where something comes out of nowhere, like a sneak attack. I mean, you do get you know the nation does come together a little bit. Trump is just getting such a small bump, though, that uh, I think that he should be very worried about that. Pretends for what's coming in a few months and certainly what's coming in the fall when voters are deciding whom to vote for. I mean, this has uh, only begun and we, we're, we're hearing a lot about the economic damage this is gonna cause, but I don't think many people are actually feeling that economic damage yet, at least not the full extent of it. Just give you one example on that. So we got consumer confidence data recently and consumer confidence, you know, this is from mid-March. So the uh, we were now into the lockdown phase, you know, after Trump had given his uh, federal social distancing guidelines. And uh, consumer confidence was down, but it was down to levels of 2016. Um, and we are almost certainly going into a deeper recession than we had in 2008 and 2009. It may not last as long as that downturn, but this, this recession is going to be brutal for at least three months and possibly six to nine months. Um, and I, I think this has not yet hit people. And when it does, uh, I think it's going to be grueling and people are going to start to say, what is the president? Why is the president not getting us out of this? So I yeah, think that's a major risk for him. I think you're right. I mean, just, you know, this this past week, we've heard about furloughs at, at major retailers like Macy's and Kohl's, and that's just expected to continue. So more and more regular people are going to be feeling the the economic effects for sure. I want to go back you know, to- I would point out, so it, uh, those are furloughs, um, which means, uh, so I'm thinking of Macy's, for example, I think it's over 100,000 people affected at Macy's. So they are going to, they're sort of going to keep people on the, uh, the books uh, through the end of May, I think it is, which means they will continue to get health insurance if they got it before. But th think about what's going to happen after May. I mean, that, that's a point at which companies like Macy's and Kohl's, uh, they're, they're just not going to be able to afford to keep people on. And I, I, based on my understanding of how long it's going to take to corral this thing, I don't think we're going to have stores open by June. Yeah, I mean, that's a big question mark. And, and a lot of these stores were in trouble. Um, J.C. Penney, for instance, in yeah. trouble, you know, well ahead of, of this pandemic. I want to go back to Joe Biden for a minute because we are seeing the hashtag Where's Joe <laughs> trending yeah. all over the place. I mean, really, where is he? And and do we need to worship the Democratic Party be worried here that there seems to be this enthusiasm gap when it comes to Biden? 
Well, Joe Biden is at home in Delaware, and he now has a TV uh, operation in his basement, apparently. So he is not on the campaign trail anymore. He is, but he is broadcasting. I just don't think anybody's watching. Um, uh, you can, you know, you can get this from his campaign website, and you can follow along on his Twitter account uh, and find out when he's doing these live briefings and he's doing some of the news shows. Uh, and he's, you know, saying what's taking Trump so long. Uh, I mean, I've looked through his plans and his criticism of President Trump, and I, I think it's, you know, it's relatively valid. Um, it is clear at this point that uh, the government, whether you want to call it the Trump administration or the CDC, I mean, it's clear that they botched the rollout of the tests. Uh, they did not take this seriously for six to eight weeks when they could have been launching into action uh, and gotten ahead of it sooner. And even now, Trump still seems reluctant to do all that he could do in terms of uh, invoking this Defense Production Act and ordering uh, private sector companies to uh, do things to help. We are woe. We remain really woefully short of tests. This is this is actually a, a very big deal. Um, and Biden is calling out all of that. I just don't think anybody really cares at the moment. And if you think about it, um, Joe Biden is not in a position to run any. He's not in charge of anything except his own campaign. He's you know he has no role in government right now. And the election is still what is it seven months away? So. Um, it seems like he has to he has to start uh, he has to keep popping his head up to remain relevant and reminding people he's around. But now is not probably not the best time for him to be banging uh, pots and pans and saying, pay attention to me. There's still a lot of time left. Um, so Biden is probably on the sidelines appropriately. And, you know, we're already hearing chatter about uh, uh, the July convention, the Democratic convention might have to go virtual. Um, and, and talk about where's where's Joe, where's Bernie? I mean, I guess he's, at, you know, voting on these stimulus packages and part of what's happening um, on Capitol Hill regarding the pandemic. Yeah. It, it, is it surprising to you that he is still in the race? Let's not forget him. He has not bowed out here. That's where Bernie Sanders is. He is still, uh, you know, acting and behaving as if he is a legitimate presidential candidate. And to be fair, uh, you know, he's not so far behind in the delegate count that um, he's, a, he's a super long shot. I mean, if, if the voting were going normally, I think he might be out by now because Biden might actually have come very close to the threshold needed to clinch the nomination. He was on a roll um, and we had, you know, a bunch of elections coming up that have now been postponed. Uh, a lot of them are gonna take place now in early June. So uh, what this uh, pandemic what has done is it has delayed um, Joe Biden uh, clinching a Democratic nomination and, and sort of created this weird window of opportunity where Bernie Sanders otherwise would probably be gone. But we all know enough about Bernie Sanders at this point that, to know that he will never turn down an opportunity to mount a podium and rant about all the problems uh, in the United States. And so he's going to hang in there. You know, he probably, uh, I, I think what Bernie Sanders gonna, is going to do, I think he's going to hang in there till the very last second. Um, because I, you know, there's a little, to my mind, you know, there's a little bit of an ego thing going on here with Bernie Sanders. Maybe it's not a little thing. Maybe it's a big thing. Um, he just wants a megaphone. Um, he wants a megaphone so we can tell people what he thinks and what he thinks we ought to do. And as a presidential candidate, his megaphone and his platform is bigger than if he uh, quits and he's just a senator. So I think he's going to stay in until the last minute. We have seen hints 
that he recognizes he is going to have to throw in the towel instead of just playing spoiler because if he somehow uh, just, you know, let's say he were to run as a third party candidate and say, I'm taking all my supporters with me. They're all going to vote for me. He realizes that that would pave a way for Trump to win. So he has indicated that he probably will get behind Biden, but I think he's going to do it at the last second. And, you know, so Biden is sort of fighting a two front war still. He wants to pretend Bernie Sanders isn't there and just focus on Donald Trump. But Bernie Sanders is there and he can't completely ignore him. Now, this is a super long shot, but I'm going to throw it out there. Talk about spoilers, right? It looks like Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York is sort of having his moment as America's governor, if you will. We saw it happen with Mayor Rudy Giuliani when he was called, you know, uh, the, the mayor of, of America. Do you think that Cuomo, I mean, there's even talk about um, a draft Cuomo campaign, like, you know, trying to get him into this presidential race. Yeah. His, his approval rating's really high. I mean, this past month, I think it's like more than 70%. Uh, and a, and a, a third of that came in just the past month with the way he's been dealing with the pandemic and, and New York City, we know, being the epicenter, at least at the time of this of this podcast recording. Um, what, what do you think about the way the country may be viewing Andrew Cuomo? We know he had aspirations, higher aspirations. I guess he could have run formally this time around, and he did not. What are your thoughts on him? Well, first of all, he uh, he's not a candidate. So how would he get delegates? I mean, um, uh, you know, delegates who have pledged to vote for Joe Biden must vote for Joe Biden unless there's some, uh, you know, some breakdown in the machinery, uh, you know, this contested convention we were talking about before. So, I, I mean, could he swoop in and, uh, you know, mount a coup of some type? Uh, I doubt it. But let's say something happens to Biden. Uh, and let's say something happens to Sanders, or let's say there's something totally unpredictable happening. No, we go back to nobody gets a majority of delegates on the Democratic side. Um, I, I suppose there's some, you know, like wish list uh, scenario where uh, Andrew Cuomo could come in, but uh, but I think there's just no chance he would even do that. I mean, so what has happened with him? And by the way, to go we, to go back to what we were talking about about Trump's approval rating. Um, so you're right. Andrew Cuomo's approval rating, it was around 50 percent before this um, epidemic hit New York pandemic. Sorry. And it's now in the 70s, uh, low 71, I think 71 percent. So at least a 20 point gain in a month for him. And 80, I think it was 87 percent said they approve of the way he's handling the crisis. So just take the lower number, the 20 percent um, increase in your approval rating. That's what's possible um, you know, when uh, when people see a leader handling a crisis. So let's go back to Trump's little bump of two to three percent. I mean, that tells you the opportunity lost for Trump, I think, because he could have gotten something similar to Andrew Cuomo. But, uh, you know, Andrew Cuomo, I think he's 62 and uh, he probably so he can run for governor. He's in his third term as governor and um, he can actually run for a fourth term, which would come in 2022, I guess. Uh, and if think about it, the timing in that way, if he does that. So he would uh, four years from now, he'd be 66, uh, a young, a young, a youngster by the standards of uh, today's presidential candidates. Uh, and he'd be in his fourth term as governor. That would be kind of an ideal point to run, especially. I mean, if Joe Biden wins, good chance he'll be a one term president. And if President Trump wins, well, he'll be on his way out. So that seems to be the opportunity for Andrew Cuomo. Uh, so you're a resident of New York, Alexis, just like I am, New York State, and you know as I do that um, he's not universally loved. He can be very wooden, wooden, and he, he's considered a bully. And um, he's having a good moment now because his um, sort of forceful personality works for the moment. Uh, he's not really warm and cuddly, and I'm not sure he'd be a shoo-in. Feel free to comment on that. 
Yeah, I mean, he has certainly taken on President Trump during this pandemic. He seems to be the guy on the front lines for all the healthcare workers in New York saying, we don't have what we need, we're the masks, we're the ventilators. So I think from that standpoint, people are rallying behind him because they feel like they have an advocate in Cuomo. But, you know, I want to get back to Trump and his approval rating right now, which we said at the top of this podcast is rising but not nearly as much as his counterparts in other parts of the world. But take a look at Boris Johnson. I think you said his approval rating is, what is it? Uh, it it's gained by 15%. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. So it's gone from 46% uh, at the beginning of March to 61% in the latest number. So that's up 15%, 15 points. Yeah, I'm wondering what that's about. I mean, we know also he said that he is COVID-19 positive and quarantining himself. But a yeah. lot of people are saying he was also late to action here. And he was around shaking people's hands and in his cabinet and talking to people in close proximity, not keeping the social distancing, you know, and they're like, yeah, surprise, surprise, he got COVID-19. So, I mean, I wonder why the numbers are so different and people are responding differently to a Boris Johnson than they are to a Donald Trump. I can only guess, but uh, one thing that is just completely lacking from uh, all of Trump's public uh, appearances is uh, a, a sense of empathy for, for the victims of this. I mean, um, that's where I personally find the biggest contrast between him and uh, Andrew Cuomo here in New York. And I mean, tell me what you think, Alexis, but you know, Andrew Cuomo, he's doing so well with people because he talks about the human cost of this in ways that make it sound like he gets it. Um, he talks about family members and his concern about his own family members and people he knows and um, President and Trump is not his own brother now has it. Yeah, President that's right. Yeah, that he's he's got it. And he's concerned about giving it to his wife and kids. So yeah, you're. I think you're right. I think that human element is there with Cuomo. That and I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll say one more thing about Trump. Um, you know, since I watch uh, many of these briefings, um, you know, a, a significant portion of every one of these briefings is Trump bragging about what a great job he's doing, and he's not. He's not doing a great job. I mean, we, you know, we, as we're now look, I mean, we're in the early days of this. Uh, I got to turn my screen on here. We're on the early day. We're in the early days of this pandemic here in the United States. And the, uh, if you look at the numbers and the trends compared with uh, other countries that have grappled with this, the trends are terrible. They are terrible. It is definitely worse here because we took a long time to figure out what was going on. We are way behind on testing. Trump's keeps saying we've done more tests than anybody. That may or may not be true, but that's just on a on an absolute basis. You know, raw number of tests. I mean, we're a giant country, and the raw number of tests you do, obviously, you have to compare it to the population. Um, we still, you know, we still have governors saying where are the tests, and we've got situations. We're still only testing people who have severe symptoms of this. If you think. If you have some symptoms, but you don't have to go to the hospital, you don't get a test. You just stay home and assume you have it. Um, and when, in order to beat this thing and get back to something normal, we have to have massive testing. I mean, this is the really the number one thing that the number one economic stimulus thing right now is testing. So I'm I'm digressing here uh, because Trump keeps saying what a great job he's doing on testing. Um, that is not true. It is taking forever to get tests everywhere. And the, that has a mounting and compounding economic impact day by day. So um, this is why I think Trump is on thin ice, because he's going to keep telling every telling, uh, you know, the American public everything's fine. And more and more people are going to see the economy around them shutting down 
They're going to be uh, more have more and more trouble paying their bills. And Trump is going to keep telling them things are fine and he's doing a great job and people are not going to believe it. It's my understanding that he dismantled this sort of this pandemic task force that had been in place um, months before this pandemic hit. So in hindsight, that was a pretty lousy decision on the part of Trump and his administration. But let's just take a, a step back for a minute. You say he's doing a lousy job, but he has brought together really in record time CEOs of major U.S. corporations to work in tandem to get people the essentials they need. Remember that press conference he had weeks ago now with with, uh, the heads of Walmart and Target and some of the the pharma companies. He is giving the FDA the ability to fast track drugs that they believe could be helpful in the treatment and then ultimately a vaccine. So is he doing an awful job? I'm just going to, you know, push back a little bit and say, is he not needing to deal with something that's happening you know, in real time, pretty rapidly. And he's really is pulling together the public and private sector. I guess it depends how you define success. Um, If you define success as better late than never, okay, then I guess he's, then I guess he's doing okay. Um, You know, we used to consider the United States to be a world leader in things like uh, the ability to uh, enlist the power of the private sector and uh, ad- address things quickly and be nimble and move fast. And um, we're just not, we're not moving fast. So uh, even if you go back to that press conference, you know, Trump, is, I acknowledge Trump is great at press conferences and he's great at marketing. He's great at making people think something is true, whether it is true or not. Um, but we're approaching the point where p- people are going to s- start asking, is the emperor wearing any clothes here? Because uh, in, based on, I mean, this is not this. Uh, this is, I mean, based on the economic forecasts I'm looking at, which is a ton of them. You know, all the forecasters in the Wall Street firms. You're looking at much the same stuff, Alexis. And what it's going to take to get to the point where we can tell people, okay, it is okay to go back to work, and you can trust that you're not going to get sick if you start going back to bars and restaurants. We, I think, we're months away from that. I, I think this is not dawning on people yet because this is still relatively fresh. And people, you know, there, there's a kind of a, a an element of disbelief among people. This can't be happening. Oh, it won't. It'll be over soon. Um, I just don't know how you convince people to go back to restaurants if um, the virus is still out there. I mean, who's going to do that? And this is just going to mean. Meanwhile, this is just going to hit more and more communities in the United States. And we, you know, we're in the epicenter of it right now in New York City, and it's not going to peak here for uh, probably at least a couple of weeks. And then that is going to be the same pattern that happens all throughout the country. Maybe not everywhere, but enough places to, I think, just scare the daylights out of everybody. And you know what I'm also thinking about is when we do come out the other side, Rick, um, and places start to reopen, how willing are people going to be to go out and spend and get close to people and go to places where there are large gatherings. Uh, I'm already thinking, you know what, we're just foregoing any kind of vacation this year. Don't want to know it. Don't want to even take a road trip. I want to stay close to home. So, you know, the question becomes, even when you open America again for business, are consumers, those who can spend, because remember, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs here as well and will not be able to go out and spend when America reopens. But is there going to be that appetite to go out and do that? And if not, I have to think that does not play well for Trump as we move closer to election day. The virus is going to be with us until we develop a vaccine. And even once we have a vaccine, it's still going to be with us for a long time after that. I mean, really until everybody has been vaccinated. So 
We know uh, that the fastest we can expect a vaccine might be one year from now, and then it will take time to mass produce it and uh, get it to, I mean, it could be another year or two before everybody has had a vaccine. So what do we do in the meanwhile? Um, it's possible that, um, I mean, this is, this is the catch 22 of this situation. The only way to limit the spread of the virus is to keep everybody home and close all these businesses and that is the very thing that's going to put the economy into a, a recession, possibly a severe recession, and possibly a depression. So, in it, but if we don't do that, it's going to be even worse because everyone's going to stay home anyway, and the virus will actually spread farther and faster. I mean, it's it's a really a terrible conundrum. I mean, this is why uh, happy talk from leaders is going to backfire because there's going to come a point when uh, the president is saying things are okay, and it's going to be apparent to you know, almost everybody that things are not okay. All right, Rick, listen, we're going to leave it there for this week, but we ask all of our, our viewers and our listeners to hang tough with us, hang in your home uh, and do what you can to get through it because we're going through it together. And uh, do be sure to rate and review what you just heard and saw and follow me on Twitter at Alexis TV News. And me at Rick J. Newman. Don't blame the messengers. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time.